Hey, everyone. Uh, my guest today is about surprises, in a sense, because you certainly know who he is, and you certainly are familiar with his work, but you probably don't know everything there is to know about him and his background. Dolph Lundgren rose to meteoric fame in the 1980s as an action star. But what a lot of people don't know about him is that he was a Fulbright scholar headed to MIT. He was about to start his first year. He was working as a bouncer at a club and Grace Jones, and he started dating. And the next thing you know, he's starring in Bond movies, Rocky movies, and he's He-Man and all other kinds of things that just absolutely took over his life. And how could it not? And to hear him tell the story is far better than to hear me summarize it. But the reason he's on the show today, besides for the fact that he could just speak to Hollywood from a completely unique perspective, and that he offers amazing insight because he's an incredibly intelligent man, is that he's directed a film. He has now in his career made the decision that he's going to start moving behind the camera. He talks to us about why he does that, what held him back, what's allowed him personally to move on past certain things in his life that he felt were preventing him from making these kinds of decisions. And he talks about the kinds of movies he wants to make, the movies he's studied, the other actors who've turned in front of the camera, the ways they've explored depths of humanity and archetype that honestly, he's perfect to do. I'd love to see Dolph Lundgren explore the kinds of movies that he talks about making in this podcast. I Even I knew a lot about him, including the Fulbright stuff, and I still learned some things talking to him. So here we go, Dolph Lundgren. Hi, Dolph. Thank you so much for doing this. Hey, thanks, man. I'm in Greece. Um, here working on Expendables 4. It's my day Oh, off. no way. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> that's pretty cool and exciting. I'm sure you're not allowed to say too much about it, but that's thrilling to hear for, for audiences and fans. You know, there's so much about your career that I'd want to ask, but, but I think the place that I want to start I know a lot of these stories, but I don't think all of our audience does. You were going to go to MIT on a Fulbright, and something changed the course of your history and movies. Uh, so could you tell us and, and let everybody know what it was? What happened? Well, what happened was I, I, I was working as a security guard in Australia. I was studying engineering down there, and uh, one concert was Grace Jones. It was a you know, big act back in the 80s, and you know, yeah. we ended up hooking up. and fell in love. And then I came to New York to hang with her for six months before I started MIT and ended up not leaving. Well, I went to MIT for a few weeks, but ended up meeting Andy World and Michael Jackson and, you know, all the fashion people. And I started, did a little acting and, and then somebody, you know, basically said, you know, you know, you're a karate champ. I was a karate champ as well. So uh, why don't you try getting the movies and, um, you know, audition for a few little things and bang. Before I knew it, I was in L.A., uh, co-starring in Rocky IV, like a year later. Was Rocky the thing that got you, was the first big role you landed? Yeah, I did a little walk-on in the Bond movie when Grace was in it, but that was just, right. you know, two seconds. No, Rocky was the big role I landed and it changed my life. Yeah, nothing was ever the same. Grace and I broke up, unfortunately. It was just, you know, things happened very quickly and took me years to recover from that just on a personal level, but it was meant to be. I mean, that's the reason I, I guess 
I was I was meant to entertain people and and have go on this adventure. As a, so, as a younger person, you know, you excelled in academics. It's a family thing, right? You yeah. were a, an athlete. You excelled in karate, like you said, and did something like acting, and now obviously directing, because this we're going to talk about the movie. But did those things, the arts, ever come into your mind as like this is a path for me? You know, like because you were excelling in other completely different areas. Yeah. I had done some acting and I'd done some painting and music when I was a kid, but you know, then I got involved in sports and academics and then, you know, art got, got me again when I started starting acting. I, I didn't plan to be an action star. That just happened. I, but I know, I understand why, because of my physique and you know, all of that. But I, you know, recently fast forward 25 years or 30 years recently, I've, I've been a little more serious about it, have a little more respect for myself as an artist, you know, as an actor and as a director and try to make something out of it. Because there was like many years there where I just, it was like a crazy ride, you know, and money and movies and women and, you know, divorces and you go. And, you know, I, I was, you know, I, I wanted to be so serious about it, but I just, I just couldn't get, get to that place. Where Do I, where you feel, feel like in that. some ways, you know, you were, it sounds like in some ways there's a little pigeonholing of just like, you know, you're big, you're strong, you're, you're blonde, you're Swedish, you know, and there's certain like, okay, he's going to be this kind of guy. He's going to play He-Man. He's going to be a universal soldier. He's going to be, but it was like, you know, did you ever think I, I want to make like Bergman movies or something? It was like something uh -huh. else in you, like with your background I, I where you're like, I have depth that I want to explore. Yeah, I did think that, but I, I didn't know how to do it. You know, you look at Stallone, okay, he plays, uh, you know, monosyllabic, you know, you know, fighter, but he won the Academy Award for Best Screenplay and was nominated for Best Actor. So that was the beginning of his career. You know, um, obviously I started out, you know, getting famous very quickly too overnight, just like him, but, you know, it wasn't because of my artistic side, it was because of my, my physique and my, you know, charisma, I guess, on film or personality, whatever it was. So, yeah, I wanted to do make Bergman movies, but it's taken <laughs> 35 years to get to the place right where I can do it because I, I'm calm enough inside. I'm like, I, I'm, I have inner peace now. I didn't have that for many years. I had a lot of problems in my childhood and I had to get some shit out of my system before I could do this, you know. How did you find that? Well, it started with uh, meditation and, and uh, therapy and I kind of got rid of a lot of trauma I had from my childhood, which I think got in the way of me being able to connect with myself as an actor and also as an artist where, you know, you have to have confidence if you want to direct. You have to believe in something, even if nobody else does. And I, I couldn't do that before, but I think I cleared out some of that crap that was going on inside. And, and, and then recently I've been able to, to connect more, you know, with, with what, I, what I am. It's funny to think of somebody like you not having the confidence that you could direct a movie because, you know, and I want to talk about what made the first jump to directing, but like, because, you know, you'd excelled everywhere. You're probably more educated than most people who direct movies. Right. And, you're probably, and, yeah. and at the same time, and like, you certainly have the, I've been on film sets education. Right. But you didn't actually step into the director role until 2004. Right. Or something like that. And what was it that got you there? Yeah. By, by sort of by chance. It was by yeah. chance. It was 
there was a director who got sick and and then he recommended me to to take over because we'd worked on the script together and I the producers were like, who? No, <laughs> what are you talking about? But then, you know, I did a couple of movies that felt pretty good, but I I was still not really I don't think I had the inner strength to sort of in you have to sort of love yourself to some degree and not, you know, believe in yourself. And I didn't really have that. So then I got caught up in Aqua, uh, in the Expendables, Aquaman, Creed Two, all of that. And then, then I felt like a few years, two years ago, maybe. Oh, no, I really want to do something. I really want to give this directing a shot. You know, and you had like this. It was like the second burst of like activity in like these major movies again, right? Yeah, and I was lucky because I, I got cast in Aquaman to play like a political figure, somebody who and trying to negotiate treaties and. You know, then really, they didn't hire me to beat people up. And Creed Two, same thing. It was a dramatic role, so that kind of gave me the confidence and also to feel like, well, okay, I feel I can do this, and I, I have some experience to like wrangle the drama and the action, which is really difficult, especially on a small budget. You know, it's could be a nightmare. You know, but I that's what brought me into it. I think so. All the so yeah. So. Tell me about with Castle Falls. Like, I imagine for you, even with this project, you have to sell your producers and eventually audiences on like, don't worry, there's going to be action. Like, you know, Dolph Lundgren, there's good, I'm going to give you that. But are you trying to balance that with, but here's the story I want to tell? You know, like, here's the, here's the art that I want to, like, do you have to be sort of like, you know, negotiate that within yourself? Yeah. And not, like you said, not just within yourself, but with other people too. Because everybody's always nervous that the audience is going to, you know, get up and leave. You know, so like if nothing happens, if there's no action, you know, if there's not enough action in the first half hour. But one way I I didn't have a choice because I didn't have the money to do like a wall to wall action movie. Two, I wanted to show this day in the life of these characters, which is like the acting exercise. The day in the life. What'd you do when you get up? Where do you live? How much money is in your bank account? You know, who is your family? Like all of those things. I wanted to get people interested in these characters before all the shit hits the fan. And that's what I did. And I had to, you know, argue a little bit with producers and stuff like that. And but <laughs> I think Did you work with the writer? The writer no, the writer was cool. He 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 worked with me on it. You know, the whole like like the guy who Sidney Fury, who's like a great old-time director, who mm-hmm. got me that first job. He always told me the hardest transition to make as a director is from action to drama. And you have to be smart about it. So like Eastwood is very smart. He, you know, he was like a, he was like a dumb cowboy in people's minds, you know, good looking, but you know, suddenly he's like pulls out these really deep movies, still entertaining, but you know, so. I wanted to give it a little bit of a shot and kind of treat the audience with a little respect in the beginning. Like, okay, I think they, they're smart enough to follow this. They don't have to see somebody getting killed every, you know, 10 minutes. So that's how I approached it. Yeah. It's gotta be so tough though. Like you mentioned him, he's another good example. Like he made the transition in public perception from being like, okay, you know, he's a good looking guy. He's a cowboy. He's an actor. You know, he's a movie star to being like, oh, he makes these really thoughtful, you know, movies. But like he's given the opportunity because he kind of started making some 
Westerns that had a little bit of that, that he was still the star of, you know, right? Like he kind of like stepped along. So it feels like you're sort of trying to show like, okay, I'll give you the thing you're expecting, but I'm trying to bring something else into it, right? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, there's always, you know, like they say, it's never too late. I remember when I was, I think it was 1992 or something, and I was driving down Sunset and there's this poster of this kind of cowboy with a gun behind his back and it said, Unforgiven. And I remember I thought, a Western? Western's dead, man. This is never going to make you <laughs> It was Unforgiven. And then I remember at the Academy Awards, I, when they called Clint Eastwood and he won, I remember people were like shocked, but they were happy for him, but they were shocked that he won best director. What the hell? Yeah. But he deserved it. And, and he was 63 years old. Yeah, that's right. And he's still, he's still making movies right now. He yeah, has one this year. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Right. Yeah. It's just amazing. That guy. Yeah. Yeah. That that's, that's sort of the thing that's exciting about this, but also like about this, you know, you kind of exploring this direction as being like, I have depths. I want to mine. Like I, I want to bring like, you know, I want to go somewhere with the, with the persona people are familiar with in the genre and show something else, you know? Yeah. That's what I'm, I'm on the path and it's kind of an exponential development in one way, because once something you get a little traction then you really think, well, shit, you know, <laughs> I want to try something more, more like I'll push the envelope a little further next time and see, you know, because, um, I, I was reading on um, John Wayne for some reason, I was Googling something and reading about him, you know, and his career, you know, and I saw that movie when he won the Academy Award for it. It's actually, it's pretty good, you know, true grit. His performance. Is is it, is it the other one? Is it True Grit when he has the patch, whatever? Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. The Shootist or Rooster Cogburn. The yeah, it's one of the late, yeah, the, the Shootist. shootist. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he, and he said he modeled it, and he was really nervous. He, he, he took, the, he, he had some actor that he used to be a fan of when he was a kid, and he impersonated, imitated. He's very animated in that movie, you know, he's, his voice yeah. is different. And he was really nervous about it, apparently, uh, with the director, but but it, it worked, you know, and anyway, I was just thinking of, you know, he, he did that when he was like 60 something years old. Oh, so. Now, now I'm like, as a fan, I'm thinking like, oh, I kind of want to see the, the Dolph Lundgren, even the searchers version of like, I want to see the dark side. <laughs> like, where, yeah. like I'm curious to see where that goes. Like those guys used uh -huh. that, the identity that people knew and then went somewhere that was more a little, yeah, pushing the envelope. That's a good way to put it. What kind of art, like you talked about, you know, a couple movies here and, and a couple stars turns, but what kind of things do you read or like inspire you or interest you at this stage that you're, you're like, this is, you know, this is something that I want to try to do something with, or this is what gets me excited about the, the craft, you know? Uh, I, you know, it's always a matter of circumstances. Like I, have the script that I've had for 10 years about immigration, about the Mexican border, police corruption, you know, the question of is it illegal? Is it a human catastrophe? What's going on? Or should it, what should we do about it? And I've had it for many years and I'm now thinking of putting it, trying to put it together. But then, then what comes into it is like the stuff you're saying, like me talking to you here, I get, you know, ideas. Well, I want to push the envelope. So then I have other things that I can pour into it, you know, to the characters and other things I can add to it. And then I will just like, if this, I can always tweak the script. It doesn't have to be super perfect. I think it's just, 
it's your if you're in the right place at that time you can make it your your vision you know you can make it mm -hmm. perfect you know so i think that's what i'm working on right now actually that you know that project yeah so political events or like world events kind of filter into what you're you're thinking of doing or your consciousness to some extent i mean there's a yeah, lot going on like human human uh, struggle and and human you know humanity it's because it's such uh everybody's on this path you know this the hero's journey you know um, good guy bad guy whatever we call them you know and mm -hmm. i think i'm interested in i'm interested in people so um yeah yeah so also i want to ask you know especially it's action you know you're you're out there doing expendables i'm curious on the other end like i'm sure you've seen the evolution of how action is handled in movies like and it and it it is not like a simple thing. It's balletic. It's it's uh, it's physically demanding. I'm sure at every stage, but like staying in the shape for it. But also like how you film it. Like did you learn like from okay? I've seen I've been in so many of these sequences that I know how to shoot them, or I know how to do it economically, or like like can you give us some insight like for all the people out there who want to make movies or who are like action is such a it's an art unto itself. Like, you know it inside out. Working with Van Damme, Stallone, like whatever it is, yeah. like, you know? Yeah, I, look, I think it is, depends on what you want to get out of it. You know, what is, how do you want to affect the audience? Because if you want to show something that's real, then you're coming from another place. Then you have to consider other things. So, and it's not as stylized, perhaps. Mm. And you don't have to, it doesn't have to be perfect. And it could be grittier, a little more violent. And, um, if you want to, if you're an, if you're an Aquaman, okay, mm -hmm. it's, it's a kid. It's like a family movie. You have to yeah. very, very choreographed and exact, you know, look, you need good performance. You need good, good operators, camera operators that they're strong and can carry the camera for long takes. And, um, then you need a good, good choreographer, but also for me, I approach it from a story point of view, you know, like, what is the story? Is this an R rated movie? Is this about mm. real people? Are these guys, are we going to feel bad when this guy gets shot? Or are we going to cheer? Like, <laughs> right. You know? I mean, That's it. When, he, when that guy goes, uh, you know, unforgiven, and he comes in a bar at the end, and he says, you know, who's the fellow who owns the shithole? And the guy, <laughs> the bartender, and, and he blows him away with a shotgun. I mean, you kind of, you know, he kind of brings a smile to your face a little yeah. bit. It's so brutal. And you still go, fuck, the guy's dead. Like, Yeah, no, you, you bring up such a good point. It's like there's sometimes it goes back and forth in the same movie, right? Like it can be like the violence is very real and scary, but then the violence is sort of yeah. funny or entertaining. Yeah, right. Like he's really like, good at that because yeah. when he rides into that town and you see Morgan Freeman's character dead, right? You're like, fuck, you know? God damn, you get really depressed, right? Like he really died. Like you caught it, didn't believe it, and then like you just, he he goes in. And then the shotgun pushes the door open and you're like, you're right. You kind of, it's like a boy, boys movie suddenly. Yes. Of, of like entertaining shootouts, you know. How um, do you balance that? Do you like, if you're looking at like the script for Castle Falls or something, are you looking at the fights or the sequences and you're thinking, I want this one to be emotionally demanding or I want this one to be fun or I want this one to be, do you look at it that way? No, I, I didn't do that because I, I didn't, I wasn't sure how it was going to turn out. I think that, I think it's, a lot of it's in editing that you, maybe next time I will look at it a little more like that, but because Scott was the one who, uh, he, 
designed those fights and um, rehearsed them. And uh, I hired only stunt doubles to play those characters. I mean, stunt guys to play those characters because I didn't want to double anybody. I didn't want to double hmm. the main bad guy because I knew I'd never be able to finish the day. So I needed somebody to do their own fighting. But I, uh-huh. I didn't think of it that way. But I mean, you're probably right. Like, I think it's in the writing a little bit, maybe. Hmm. Because in the East, that Eastwood picture, I mean, it, it was written by uh, some really great writer. I can't remember who wrote Yeah, that. I can't remember and either, but he's, uh, yeah. Um, but when he goes in that, the writer probably, the writer knew that when he says mm. that line, you know, who's the fellow owns the shit <laughs> When he says that, <laughs> and the guy backs up, you kind of, it's got to be a little bit of a smirk before. Right. Yes. I think it, it's probably... But Eastwood, I thought about his, I thought about Gran Torino the other day and how it's so humorous. And yet when the mm-hmm. guy gets shot at the end and they got him laid out in the coffin there, you're like, fuck, you know, you didn't really understand why, why he did all that. And then you're like in shock for a while. So it had all of those twists and turns. It's like the Godfather. It's also funny, but it's brutal too, you know. I think those are the best movies. The best ones combine elements. It's true. But it's a tricky thing to do. I guess you're, you're right. It is in the script. It's interesting to hear you talk about how the constraint for you was, well, I had to make sure that I could finish the days. I couldn't double people. I couldn't do this. So you're weighing so many things in your mind on a shoot like this as the director. When you take it on, are you immediately thinking in terms of logistics and like, you know, budgetary constraints. And it's just funny to hear somebody at your level is talking about that because it's true on every level, I think. Yeah, I'm thinking immediately, I'm thinking of, okay, I have to shoot this in how many days? And I don't want too many locations. I, I'm i going to have to find a DP who can, who can shoot fast. And, I, and then I look at things that are done that way. Like, I look at The Wrestler or some movie like that. I was done, you know in a few days, handheld, and, and, and uh, Aronofsky had constraints, I'm sure, because, you know, Mickey Rourke was washed up at the time, and, you know, he had, so I'm sure he had all the same problems. That is part of the, of the filmmaking process. It's like, sometimes, like an Aquaman, there's so many toys, like, they can <laughs> use any crane, anything they want, and in one way, yeah, that'd be great. And James Wan is a great director, but Somehow, maybe it's somehow it could be better also when you don't have that luxury. You have to make do with something. Grounds you a little bit, maybe, because yeah, that like talking about the wrestler. God, the wrestler's a great movie. Yeah, <laughs> I love great. that movie. Yeah, it, it feels not, like it's also like, kind of in that in that range that you're kind of looking to explore more of is like, can I take what people know and expect and go a little darker, you know? Yeah, and also that DP is this French 50-year-old lady who uh, then ended up doing Creed. So who would like think that you're gonna go to France and find some 50 year old woman to like shoot these two kick ass, like macho kind of, you know, movies about boxing and about wrestling. And she was a documentary DP, but somebody that Aronofsky must've just a fucking smart guy. You know, he, he knew probably exactly why that he wasn't gonna be able to do it if he had to lie too much. and. You know, yeah. put tracks everywhere, and you know, so he just shot the whole thing. You know, most of the movie you're behind Mickey Rock all the time, and you kind of seeing what he's seeing, and it's pretty cool the way he did it. I, you know, what it never occurred to me. That's such a good point. You know, you did 
one of the creeds. Which one? I forgot. But like, Who? was she yeah. shooting on it? No, no, okay. she wasn't. She did the first one. But the first one has that one round with Michael B. Jordan, which is it's three minutes, a three minute roll, the whole round mm-hmm. and one without a cut. So just Metagi, that director is very smart, the Kruger. Cougar. Yeah. But you're uh-huh. right that there's a, you know, how you work with constraints then creates the art like the wrestler. I, I had never considered that it was the documentary style. It makes it so real. Puts you right there with yeah. it. Yeah, the constraints. You're right. That's yeah, because you know, if you look at like Taxi Driver, I mean, they, they didn't have much money for that, I don't think at all. And that's one of his best movies. Beautiful, because, yeah. Yeah, the way he's done some of those those shots is so great. It's you know. Where he put the yeah. camera on the taxi and some of these shots when he the cab pulls in and the camera does like a 360 around while he's walking yeah. out. That's like really clever stuff. You have you always been such a student of this of film in this way? Or is this sort of as you've become a director, something that's interested you more? Were you always this in 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 interested in just the you know, what people are doing and, and what lands them at these decisions and like, or, or is it now that you're directing, you're thinking back and watching the, all these great movies. It seems like you've seen like everything, you know? Yeah, no, it's more like the second version. Like I'm, I'm more interested uh, now to examine why did I like that movie? Why was it so powerful? Like, what did they do? What, what did the director do? And what is the actors? And, and usually it comes down to preparation, you know, like, the more preparation they've had, the more they worked on the script, the more they prepared, the actors who prepared and the director had it, had to, you know, the more he would, everybody's prepared, then it, it turns up, you know, usually turns up better, you know. Just solid, like solid preparation. I think that that's what it comes down to. You just need time because today time is so, nobody has time for anything. But in those days, people had time to like work on characters for a year and things like that. The Nero yeah. and those guys, they worked on it for a year. And then, you know, they didn't do like five movies a year and do like a bunch of right. talk shows and YouTube channels and stuff. You know? <laughs> right. I think the digital age has like compressed our time, like how much time we have. Because our phones, like everything is kind of keeping us constantly on schedule for something else, you know? You know, it's funny. As soon as you put an actor up against the wall and you want to shoot something and you, you start rolling film, suddenly you start hearing all these noises and the planes going over and, Phone's going off and you, re- you realize how much is really going on every three minutes, you know, when you're trying to capture a moment like that. Um, so, yeah, I think, yeah, I've become more of a student of film now because I'm trying to find shortcuts how to make my movie. For, you know, what can I learn from somebody who had to go in there before me and do it? Yeah. Well, I, I have just about run out of time, but I've really yeah. appreciated this. And sure. I guess my, my last question, I'm really curious. It sounds like you have a lot of things you want to do next. I'll be really excited to see the directions you keep going in, but what would you advise to somebody today who's interested in becoming a part of the industry or working in the industry? You've been in the industry for a long time and you've seen a lot. Like, How would you uh, advise somebody to start and what would you tell them to to look at or to do or to focus on? Well, I think you have to start with something that you have some passion for, but that passion could change. You know, if you like photography, maybe you start unit photography, you start there, but that could change too. I think the most important thing is that you, you're passionate and that you 
never give up because this business is so full of rejection and it's a mixing art and money. You know, it's, it's brutal to some degree, but you just got to believe in, in yourself and that this is the path you want to take. And just no matter what people tell you, just do it anyway. There's just a f- quick follow-up. Does your experience in like sport and combat specifically, you think help you handle that? Like getting hit, getting back up, like all that stuff, like the cliches. Like just as you said it, I realized like people who get into the arts don't always have a background that's like endurance-based, you know? Yeah, it helped me. One, helped me to keep getting up. And I think two, it helped me I think just to stay closer to myself and not get lost in the whole thing mm. as well, because you have a certain, you have a certain self-knowledge, you know, your own weaknesses and stuff. You know, even if you're successful, you don't have to like become an asshole, you know, <laughs> I, I'm, I hate to put it that way, but I just yeah. personally came to my mind. And I mean, I a lot of people do. <laughs> martial arts have kept me honest to myself and to other yeah. people and respectful. I, I think that's important. You know. Yeah, no, that's good. All right. Well, Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Uh, good Thanks. luck with the film and, and whatever comes next. Thanks, buddy. Thank you so much to Dolph Lundgren for coming on the show. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Be sure to check out Castle Falls. It is in theaters. It is available on streaming platforms. I believe you can get it on Amazon Prime right now. but. I could be wrong, but it's definitely in select theaters at this time. And we will update the post in the show notes with where you can find it. Be sure to check out all kinds of great stuff about filmmaking, education, technology, news, and more at nofilmschool.com. Please like, rate, and subscribe to this podcast. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, check us out on Instagram, check out our YouTube channel. We have all kinds of tutorials and cool things on there as well. And thank you so much for listening.